Dr. Robin Murphy's Lotus Health Institute online at lotushealthinstitute.com. So quickly, just some things about uh, how I see homeopathy. There's a lot of different schools and stuff. I've studied with Vithokas and I did Vithokian homeopathy for five years. I've been studying with Isiaga and uh, I'll study with anybody here. <laughs> They'll take me? No. <laughs> but because uh, we all have to learn. But the, the primary thing, when a person's clinical experience cannot be denied. Okay? That's the bottom line. Their dogma, their philosophy, and all this may sound great and it will win you over and you get caught up into a religious fervor for homeopathy. But when someone's sick, how well does it translate into action? That's a big question. Okay? So basically there's, there's a... This will take five minutes. There's two schools, the Kantian school and the Hanumanian school, that are pretty dominant today. Okay? And uh, you know Akentian prescribers because they give one dose of a high potency and wait a long period of time. Okay? Hanumanian prescribers give multiple doses of low potencies and they tend to prescribe more frequently. <clears throat> and Vithokas represents this school and Isiaga represents this school. And there's other schools. Okay? Ortegas has a school, Diwali has a school, and there's many ways of prescribing. One time I gave a lecture in New York on all the ways of prescribing. We came up with uh, 16 different ways of prescribing in classical homeopathy. Okay? That's first aid, acute, constitutional, miasmatic, fundamental, lesional, you know, synthetic prescribing, isopathic prescribing, intercurrent prescribing, and you go on and on and on. But usually people grab one or two and, and uh, adhere to it almost religiously. A lot of myths in homeopathy that the remedy can't touch the person's hand. Why? For huh? For canceling out the remedy. Right, but it's their hand. You see? I mean, I've been putting the remedy in people's hand for 12 years, <laughs> literally. And it has to go under the tongue. Have you ever looked under someone's tongue? Is there a secret door under the tongue <laughs> that lets the remedy in? You can literally inhale the remedy. Hahnemann used to rub it in the skin. You can give it any, you can give it as an enema. Anyway, all it has to do is touch a mucous membrane. Period. But we have these little things. Many, many little things. And then the people, they, they get their one remedy and they go through life, you know, afraid of being antidoted. <laughs> and they come back in, oh no, I had mint toothpaste or you know, or I went to a room and a woman had perfume on it and my antidote it. See, all that stuff, you can just throw all that out. And then a lot of stuff in the books you read, and like in Borakis, okay, you read the duration of a remedy or remedies that follow well or remedies that are anemical or all that, just throw it out, literally. Because those, uh, their experiences are with certain patients, aconite, Duration of action, you know, 48 hours. You know, I've seen aconite work for months or treat a problem. Aconite, after the first day, it's too late for aconite. I've given aconite for someone that's never been well from a problem 10 years ago. They've had a fright. It's been 10 years. That's a little too late, according to the books. 
And another big thing myth in homeopathy is a potency selection. Don't use this potency or don't use that potency. Whenever you read those things, you just filter it out. All you want to see is their clinical experience because that's all that's valid. The rest is just opinions on top. Never give lycopodium 200. Why? Because someone gave lycopodium 200 to somebody and they got a bad reaction. Why? Because it was the wrong remedy. <laughs> so then the, Margaret Tyler puts it in her book and then it's a myth in homeopathy. Full of myths. No one questions these things. Why this or why that? Pierre Smith used to say, never start a case with a vegetable remedy. I mean, come on. <laughs> or never use the 200s at all. He outlawed the 200s. And people that, you go into a homeopath's office and there's no 200s, they read Pierre Smith. You see? But all the potencies are valid, these types of things. Another big myth is that aggravations are necessary and that aggravations are a good sign. Okay? Big myth in homeopathy. First sentence in Hahnemann's Organon is uh, physician's highest and only mission is to cure rapidly, gently, and permanently. There's no word of aggravations. Okay? It's a big, big thing. But you need to suffer to get well. That's the matter. If you give a remedy and they get a severe aggravation and the person gets well, it means one thing, that the potency was too high. You overstimulated the person. If you gave a lower potency, they had a milder aggravation. An even lower potency, they had just amelioration. Okay? But the high potency people, they, you, you get a sense of power with homeopathy. It's invasive. You know, you give a nature mirror 10M and a woman has migraines, she gets a severe migraine, she gets depressed, she becomes hysterical, she cries, and then one day, three, four days later, it all disappears. That gives people a sense of power. But no one ever asked, is it necessary you know, for that person to suffer that way? I'd done many experiments. Uh, someone come in, I gave them Nature Mirror 1M, they get aggravation for four days, depression and all this old stuff, and then they feel great. A month or two, they come back, they relapse. I give them Nature Mirror 6C three times a day, just steady, clear improvement with no aggravation. Okay? It's just a matter of potency. We'll talk about some of those things. So, both of these are valid systems, it's just knowing when. Our a general rule is that a person has functional problems, okay, symptoms like fears or hypoglycemia or low energy, you can most likely give a higher potency and get an aggravation and amelioration and it will work. Whether it's necessary is still the question. If you have a disease, the Hanumanian system works better. But the thing with the Hanumanian system, which we, we talk about a little and orient it towards children, is that you can also do the high potency to stuff, functional things too. Hanumanian system is complete. The Kentian system is geared for functional problems and psychological problems. It's very effective with all these purgings, which are, these purgings are real popular today. Everybody wants to get purged of something, or you feel it has to come out or dump something, okay? But you see these people that chronically are working on themselves and chronically dumping out their emotions are always, every time a crisis happens in their life, they have to run to somebody and dump their emotions. That's not natural, okay? So there's a lot of information in homeopathy. 
I, I would say too much, but there's not too much, but there's over 5,000 books written. I study homeopathy in Michigan, and there's a University of Michigan has all the old homeopathic books and the, all the hospital records, and they're all up in the North Campus Library, and I used to go in there and pull out these long drawers. I would come out solid brown with dust. The drawers hadn't been opened for 30 years, literally, okay? And all these old books on everything. There's books on headaches with, with charts. Okay? We found some of these. I got some. The charts and little arrows with all the remedies that show have all the pains, like sanguinaria comes here and goes over to here, or lat canine over here on the arrow, and these things. There's a lot of lost knowledge in, in homeopathy. But this information is uh, a detriment also. Because we go in at random and study it at random. And we get filled with conflicting views about everything. Everything in homeopathy has its opposite. Why? Because the individual patient that you see, okay, you may give a one dose of 200 and see a remarkable cure for someone that has migraine headaches. Next time you see a migraine headache, you give one dose of 200 and you see a remarkable aggravation. And there's nothing consistent. And the reason is that human nature is not consistent. And once you get that in your mind, you'll be much more flexible and open in homeopathy, and then you'll find the ultimate uh, teacher in homeopathy. <laughs> Which is, uh, who? Who's the ultimate teacher in homeopathy? The patient. The patient. Okay? The patient can even contradict your experience. <laughs>